Good afternoon. This is Greg McBride. I am joined today on the Allendale Market Talk podcast by Steve Georgie. Steve is president of Allendale. We're bringing him in today to get a little different perspective on uh, on things here that uh, we haven't really talked in depth about. The big thing right now that everybody wants to talk about is obviously prices are are taking a hit. Corn, beans, wheat, all have been taking a hit over the last uh, few months here. And Steve, what is the what is the problem? Why do we continue to see these funds and these trading funds specifically just pile into the short side of things? You know, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, couple couple things, and we have to be very aware of this. And as as you mentioned, the negativity, the flow of the market, the feel of what's going on, the timing of it all, and we do ask ourselves why. Some of what we need to do and, and really understand, as you mentioned, these funds, record short position. CFTC report last week showing this record massive short position in corn, and everybody is scratching their head why. you know. And I think it's because a lot of what we've been prepared for, last year at this time, we went into, uh, we ended up getting into a trade war with China. We cut NAFTA completely. We chopped the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, went ahead and, and, and got ourselves into this, uh, more of this trade war as it's being called. And none of that really has been fixed. Yes, with our partners, it's been fixed. But what we are still looking for is we hear this, hey, guess what? Things are getting better. Uh, trade talks are going well. I mean, Greg, how many times that's, have we heard that? That's a daily occurrence. We get that conversation every single day. There's a different a different trade representative or secretary from the, the cabinet that tells us everything's going great. We're moving in the right direction but every you know, single day. I think the market, though, is looking at this as a as this very kind of negative, uh, negative vibe, negative whatever you want to put across these markets. These funds started going short last year at this time, and they've kind of remained that way. And they've built this because the market's sick of sitting here saying, hey, things are getting better. Yeah, to it's, put up or shut up type mentality. Show me the money, point, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. show me that something is getting done. Show me that there is some kind of something done. And that is when I think these funds will end up switching some because that represents change. We don't have any change in these markets right now. The feel is negative. We took out support. Uh, we've got a lot of grain that is sitting in the farmer's hands, not in commercial hands. That all needs to shift yet. And and to to be uh, on top of that as well, though, we've also run into where we're extremely saturated out there in the in the country, and the rivers are not flowing. Yeah. So we're not moving grain that has gone to the commercials down to the Gulf mm-hmm. to to be able to even just move that off uh, off our 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 country here, move it out to, to China or to Japan or whoever at this point. You know, but we also continue to watch our export sales uh, just just very meek. They're, they're bad. Uh, we see every week, week after week, uh, just dismal sales for, for soybeans. Uh, we saw inspections this week that were very negative. Uh, so that's continuing to further this negative momentum. I think what people are kind of waiting for is this weather scenario that is forming, right? You know, and stuff that we've we've kind of seen in the past. I know you've talked about it before, uh, but this scenario can shift quite a bit, and I know that is probably what everyone's waiting for in order to see some change out of these, these funds. Well, I think from the farmers' perspective, they're all looking at it, saying, "Okay, well, you know," and depending on when you listen to this, today is April twenty third. We're talking about 
most guys at this point, most farmers are are out there planting by now, and, or at least getting fields ready. And we're at a point where we're kind of at a standstill because of the saturation. Yeah, there's some some areas of the of the Midwest that have started, but you go to the Eastern Corn Belt, and those guys are at a standstill, and they just got another two and a half, three inches of of rain over the weekend. So, I mean, is it all doom and gloom? Is there a possibility, or or are these guys going to just continue to to stay short? I mean, what's gonna what's gonna change their mind at this point? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as we get really – sure, we're behind a little bit as of this week. We're behind as far as planning progress. Uh, not a big surprise. But when you look at when is when do we have this most crucial time frame, and that's when we get into May. And that first to second week of May is when we typically get our – our fastest planting, and you yeah, know, we pick up what uh, eighteen, twenty, twenty-five percent, mm-hmm. and in you know each week at yeah. that point, and we really start get go- getting after it. But is you know it's been cooler, yeah, lately. I mean we've we've gone into mid mid April with soil temperatures still in a lot of areas in the forties, maybe in the low fifties, but. Uh, is that going to be an issue as we as we go forward? Do we need to be concerned about that, or is it once we dry out enough, guys are just going to hammer hammer down? No, it's an issue that we need to that will be addressed. the 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 timing of it is is really the question. You know, we're we're in this time frame as we talked about funds a little bit earlier, where it's almost show me that money mentality. We've almost come to this this uh, you know this this outlook where we need to see it happen before the market starts reacting. And so that that reactionary, uh, you know, momentum is going to have to be when we start to see this happen. Now, if you look at what just came out in these weather models that came out just today, the six to 10 day forecast has a lot of rain in it for through Iowa. These guys that are really excited because, hey, we're planting right now. There's a lot of rain coming, a lot of moisture, anywhere from four, five, six inches of rain. And then right behind it, again, on that 11 to 15 day, you've got another four, five, six inches of rain that could cause a lot of problems yeah from, from i mean what we've seen you've got you've got new seed in the ground you end up with let's call it let's be conservative let's call it five inches of rain that just came on this stuff we may run into quite a bit quite a bit of replant issues yeah. or you know you got a good start you got you got you know half of your half of your acres in the ground for corn but now we're we're sitting idle for the next 10 days, 15 days, 20 days until we dry out. It probably won't be 20 days, but mm-hmm. I mean that's that brings a lot of concerns because I know and I know Rich's research, research uh here has shown that planting date doesn't necessarily equate to yield loss. So the later it is, it the, that's not the biggest yield determinant. But you know the the guys that have been doing this for a long time they know that if they're not in by a certain date yeah they're losing out they are you know and the other side of that is is that we've had what five years the last five years we have been above trend line yields uh consistently for both corn and beans and why the the rate that which we put the crop in the ground the temperatures at which the crop went in the ground, the conditions that we had were very good, and they were they were they were we had great conditions. Are we going to see that stay consistent? We're starting to see some change. 
And that's where I think when we, we look at this moving forward, you know, as I mentioned, it's a six to 10 day forecast and the 11 to 15, it's still out a couple weeks. And it may take that couple weeks before the market starts to realize that these issues are for real. And if we do see that, you know, these are things that could end up getting this market excited to the upside not consistently right. to the downside. Well, and a lot of that is, you know, let's let's talk about some of the numbers here because, you know, if you go back to that March 29th quarterly grain stocks report, we had a big increase on stocks for corn. And, you know, we kind of just use corn as our as our basis for things, but we can talk to to the wheat and the beans at the same time. But when it comes to corn, we had this big increase in stocks. Okay. Well, then on the next USDA report in here in April, we increased carry out by, I think it was 200 and some, mm-hmm. 200, yeah. uh, 200 million bushels. If we start, when do you think, and when is it possible that the USDA could start to recognize that, okay, maybe we are going to see some delays. Maybe we don't plant as many corn acres and, when do they start to recognize that on yield and, produc- and production? Yeah. You know, and that's when we start shifting. As you're saying, you shift this focus from a supply issue because that's what we're talking about. When you get this carryout that continues to grow, you go from last May, the very first, uh, the very first carryout number we got was just over a 1.55 billion carryout. Market was excited. Then we go into this trade issue, mm-hmm. and that gets completely set on the back burner. But now you look at it, USDA is telling us this same crop. Now we're at 2.1 billion. You know, and I think though, as we go through this, this 2.1, and as I mentioned before, this trade issues that we have. Something needs to change. This downtrend that we have is based on oversupply. Mm-hmm. And so as we keep this market oversupplied and we keep seeing pressure come to this market, it is because of that supply, not the production side yet. Now, that may shift. But what does it take before we start to see that? It's demand, right. export sales. Are we selling it? Are we shipping it? Are we not? Where are we with that? And that is what it's going to We need to see those happen week after week before the market starts taking uh, an effect on that supply side. Will we have problems Right now, because right now you've got South America is harvesting. Mm-hmm. Will we have problems as we go through the remainder of the of the uh, the marketing year for the U.S.? Will we have problems with expanding that that divide between where we think we should be on exports and where we actually are with how far behind we are? And does that that goes into the next the next crop year? Well, do we get off to a good start for for next year? I mean, uh, the you know, with all these trade issues going on, you know, whether it's we're we're trying to get something set up with Japan, obviously China is the low hanging fruit because that is, that's the big one because everybody thinks we get a deal with China that increases bean demand, mm-hmm. that increases all of a sudden corn demand because we're hearing that their their stocks are going to be yeah. dwindling even further. It increases wheat and maybe ethanol, DDGs, all these things that we love to hear. What's it going to take yeah. to kind of push that into next year and say, okay, well, we're right. this year is going to be a tough a tough go, but by the time we get ready to harvest in September October, mm-hmm. we're we're running strong. It doesn't. We may have a, a good crop, but right. it may not make a difference. You know, a lot of this focus though on China and the reason why that's primary right now, why these people are, you know, why that is so front and center is because of things that have been said. 
you know, some of the numbers that have been thrown out surrounding this trade deal. You know, you've heard anywhere from 30 to $50 billion of agricultural products, right? And you start hearing those types of numbers. And without a trade deal, those are just numbers. That's just hype. You know, as you get a trade deal, what does that mean? Does that mean it's 30 to $50 billion in agricultural products that are going to be spent this year? Is that spent over X amount of time? What is it? You know, how many times do we have to hear an additional 10 million metric tons of soybeans? If you do that, I mean, that's almost 300 million bushel. Right. So now if you went ahead and you take 300 million bushel off of a 900 million carryout, now we're back to somewhere where we probably ought to be, right? But it needs to be done. That's why the China thing is so front and center, mm. you know, when we talk about these trade issues is because there's been a lot said that is still very unknown. But it can change. It could change what we're talking about right now, our carryout expecting a 2.1 billion carryout. Is it really that? If we get a deal, does that mean that maybe it does increase sure. uh, ethanol demand? Does that mean that it, do they start buying corn, which isn't likely, but we don't know. That unknown is, is just kind of the, the barrier that, that we have. Well, let's let's shift our thoughts to this year's production, okay? As we, as we are just getting underway on planting, We've and you mentioned it. We've had five years in a row of just phenomenal yields in production. We've had these years where we've started out wet. You know, it's what I mean. Where do we go with this? Because this is kind of a little bit different. Where we've we've had these years where planting was a little bit delayed because of rain during spring, but we're coming into it a little bit differently this year because it kind of seems like last year, as soon as the hurricane started over on the East Coast, Mm -hmm. everybody continued to get rain throughout the fall. It made made harvest pretty difficult. And then Mm -hmm. we had this really, really rough winter. We've seen the the devastation in in Nebraska. Where do, where do we go from here? Because that I, I mean, to me, I don't I can't remember a lot of years where we've had this uh, uh, this yeah. issue coming into planting, let alone having the extra rain coming into it as well. Right. You know, and, and this could be, and as we talk about the production here uh, and and what we have uh, that we're faced with moving forward. You know, when you really look at some of this, like you said, some of the like years uh, that we've had, when you have subsoil moistures that are already saturated and coming into a market where you continue to get rain through spring, there is a, a higher uh, there is a higher probability that we will have some kind of yield problems. And so when you look at like years like we have, uh, we have seen some significant reductions, anywhere from 4 to 8%. Uh, potentially, and in some years it's even bigger, depending if that rain continues. Uh, but that does that does that does have quite an effect. But um, I think as we go forward here, and as we really try to depict what that is, the other thing we have that we've got to remember is how many acres we're looking to increase. Roughly four million acre increase for corn. You know, you're seeing that four uh, four million ish acre decrease for soybeans. That all gets affected too with late planting. Mm-hmm. Does that push more acres into beans? Does that keep some of these acres back from corn? What kind of preventative plant acres? We, we haven't gotten into that scenario over the last five years right. when we've seen these yields that have just been great over great over great, and we've had this record production. We've had these record productions year over year, but we continue to only have 2.1 billion carryout. So we also have to look for that. What happens when we take a hiccup? What happens when the U.S. ends up taking a step back for that year when you have a global demand that continues to grow? There's more mouths to get fed. 
And so we become that, that grain seller at that time. But what happens when we're the ones with the problems? We haven't seen that. And that will take that carry out down very, very fast just because of the global scenario that we're currently in. Right. Hopefully the, you know, hopefully we see prices come up enough to uh, elicit some selling from the, from the farmer because the grain, whether it's corn, whether it's beans, I mean, even wheat, the grain that's in their hands right now is enormous. That's a, yeah. we have so much in their hands. And, yeah. and I mean, just to, to get to the point where these guys say, okay, I need to, I need to get rid of this. I mean, we're, we're, kind of playing the time game here because at some point they've got to make room for the, for a new crop mm-hmm. you know whether it's it's going in their own bins or or what they're going to sell at the elevator so right. you know if we do see this hiccup are we going to run into that situation where these guys see a, a price on the board and they say okay i have to sell everything i've got or are they going to look in their backyard and they're going to right. say oh, i've got issues i'm hanging on to this stuff that's in the bin right now because Right, I've got a production issue, and I might, I might not have it uh, this fall mm-hmm. to sell. And if if I don't have it this fall to sell, its prices are right. going to go skyrocketing. Now, are you seeing? I, I know you work with some bankers. Uh, are you hearing anything from the banking side about this extra corn these farmers are having because of the situation the farmers in needing cash? Are you hearing any of this grain switching hands? Because it's a cash flow issue. I, I think there's a lot of cash flow issues out yeah. there. And I and talking with uh, different bankers and talking with even different clients that I, you know, some clients are more forthcoming than others as far as what they'll tell you mm-hmm. about their financial issues or financial situation. Yeah, right. Um, some of them are a lot more uh, apt to tell you that, you know what, I, I do have cash flow that mm-hmm. I need to I need to make sure that I you know I'm paying the bills and and they're all they're all kind of the saying the same thing you know the banker is is keeping me really close on this and saying hey I can't tell you when you have to sell but I can tell you that we've got XYZ that needs yeah. to be paid or you know whether it's a loan note or inputs or whatever and so they're kind of trying to keep them close to the vest on that stuff and and keep them with their head in the game on the idea that we can't just keep holding it back. We right. need to continue to sell it. So, yeah. and that's you know I'm hearing the same stuff, and that's the, you know that's the thing is that it is a cash flow issue. When you these farmers that need money, you know, they're looking out saying, hey, I've got it in the bin. Maybe I need to sell it. You know, but as as you know, we've been talking some things that, and it, it's what are some of the sparks that we need to be watching, uh, watching for because we are getting a little bit undervalued, probably too early in the year. But some of the sparks, as we've been we've been talking about, could end up being this trade issues that we've got. You got to look for something done with China first before you shake out these funds, and I think that could be the biggest spark that we're going to need to see to get our markets working and turning around again. How much? And I've heard this. I've heard this in our office. Mm-hmm. I've heard it from customers. I've probably said it myself. How much credence do you put into the low prices cure low prices? Hmm. Wow. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, I've heard that too, Greg. Uh, but you know, the the big thing is, is that when you when you look at that, it's still the driver behind that saying itself is demand. Right. When you say low prices cure low prices, what does that mean? That means that you find somebody coming in, and whether or not it's it's going to be, uh, you know, whether or not it's China or Japan or how about Mexico? 
Mexico being our number one corn buyer right now? What if they say, hey, I just want to start buying some of this stuff because now I can go ahead and buy it at this price and I don't feel we're going to be here that long? Well, from a from a domestic use uh, perspective, do we think that, okay the okay, the farmer knows that they need to sell, but maybe they're hanging on to it because the prices are mm-hmm. are depressed right now. Do we think that at some point we're going to see these ethanol uh, producers start to say, "Hey, listen, we need to get this this corn into into the into the producer hand here and start start grinding for right. ethanol because is that a way that we're going to see maybe the the basis come come together a little mm-hmm. bit that is going to be a little more enticing for the uh, for right. the farmer? I mean, is that a road we're going to see if if the prices stay down like this with the funds being short? You know, I, th- I think that's I think that's already happening in, in certain areas. You know, when you look at basis and you see what's going on here, basis has been narrowing up. You know, you do have that uh, almost fishing for a you know that I, I want the grain. Mm. Uh, but when you look at ethanol and in, in general, now we've had a couple good ethanol reports, and uh, that helps things out because we've had some very dismal reports prior to this. I think what's helping out is that the energy uh, complex continues to rally. Crude oil, where it is, uh, and things like that should help amp up the supply yet or or the demand for for ethanol, which could be something that we need to see uh, that grain come out of farmers' hands. But the basis levels, from what we've been hearing, have been getting a little bit better, and that's trying to already get that grain away from that farmer. you know. But I think that right now, until we get that switch – where farmer controlled versus commercially controlled. As soon as the commercials have control of that grain, seems like the markets find a different idea and we start seeing the market rally. Fantastic. All right. Well, let's start to, to wrap things up here. Um, I I love having you on, Steve, because you have, you have so much knowledge of the market. You have so much experience with the the market and in dealing with farmers. And and you know sometimes it's it's good to have a different perspective. As we move forward into the month of May, which is only a week away. Yeah. And what what's your thoughts uh, as we go into the month of May? What's some of the things that you're sharing with your your yeah. your customers to keep them level headed as we as we move into into right. planting season and and get get really going? You know, and it's you say level headed. It's almost a way to to say, hey, how do you keep them from depression here at this point when you get that you know that negative momentum here toward the end of this month? A lot of grain being sold. Uh, farmers have other things to deal with. You know, as you know, but and that's the getting stuff in the ground, the planting, the weather, you name it, and then the grain on hand. And when you get these markets to continue to break like they are, we need to be very cautious of that. You've got May options that go off the board this Friday. And so once you get these May options to go off board, if you, off the board, if you look back, eight out of the last 12 years, once these options go off the board, you do get some kind of a bounce uh, out of these markets. Now, whether or not that's 20 cents. 30, 40. There's been years that we've even seen 50 cent rallies, depending upon what the weather does and the way that these these funds are positioned. And so if we start to see these funds come out of their positions, that could escalate that upside here. But you need to be making sales on those rallies as well. And uh, I hope it gives us more of an opportunity moving forward. You know, and I, I think that opportunity is ahead. So instead of burying your head in the sand, you know, you look for those opportunities, but you need to be able to pull the trigger once you have them. That's the important part as we get going. Absolutely wonderful. I appreciate you coming on, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. We're going to go ahead and sign off today. You can get a hold of us at Allendale at allendale-inc.com or 802-MARKET. We're also on Twitter. Thank you very much. 